Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. Mornings with Taylor and Jen. Do the box elder bugs look like tiny little stegosauruses that click when they walk? Life 107.5. There's going to be a lot happening this weekend because on Monday it's Valentine's Day. And who wants to go out on a Monday night? So we're going to give you a little bit of help this Valentine's weekend. We had a conversation recently just about how Iowans in particular know how to show each other love in unique ways. It's true. I mean, we may not be your first choice when you think of romantic states, but Iowans can be romantic. And this song can prove it. We just don't understand why Iowa is not considered a romantic state. I mean, everybody else can do flowers and chocolates, but we have some of our own unique ways of showing love. The question is simple. How do you say I love you in Iowan? The color of your blouse matches my tractor. (laughs) My husband just this morning, and he always does this for me. He backs my car out of the garage and leaves it running, especially in the winter, so it's nice and warm when I get in. Oh, my goodness. That's that's I love you right there. We're finding out that Iowans, we have our very own love language. Anytime my husband drives by Pella, he picks up pastries for me. So I feel like that's a good way of saying I love you. Absolutely. Really loves you. I mean, but then I think I say I love you by sharing. But what does it mean when you don't share? (laughs) Um, I don't know. (laughs) How many times do you say to your kids, "Drive safe"? Drive safe. What does that mean? Like they're not going to if you don't tell them. You know what my kid says back to me? He says, "I love you too, mom." Oh, he knows. (laughs) Mine just roll their eyes. That's also I love you in teenager. Is that what you say when they roll? You're like, oh, they just told me they love me. Oh, yeah. Well, you have to tell yourself something. We're just kind of feeding your creativity of things to say besides I love you. Watch for deer. (laughs) And really, what does that mean? What are those three words a substitute for? Don't get hit. Well, I was kind of going for I love you, but don't get hit is good, too. Those are three other words that are very, very good. The anniversary card I bought for my wife just says watch for deer. That's all it says. Oh, Taylor, you are just too much. But then when she opens it up, there's a hole in the back, so she sees her deer. Oh, I love entertaining. Mm-hmm. I, I do. This was a visitor I did not want. A visitor Jen didn't want. This was an unwanted visitor in my home. I had a long day, and all day. You know how you do this, where you just can't wait to sink into your favorite spot on the couch? You wake up in the morning and you think about being able to be home at the end of the night. Oh, yeah. That was my day on Monday. I'll be back, Mr. Bed. I couldn't wait until just being able to sit down at the end of my day, maybe eat a little bit of a snack, watch a little bit of TV, and then go to bed. I was looking forward to that all day, and that moment finally came at 7.23 on Monday night. (laughs) And I sink down into the couch... And I go to take a bite of my egg and cheese sandwich. (laughs) Bagel the Beagle is watching me from the floor just in case I drop something. And just for a quick nanosecond, I heard it just enough for me to go. (gasps) And then it flew into my hair and it made that noise, that zit zit noise, you know. The visitor was a bug. If you would have been in my home, you would have thought... (laughs) That I was having a seizure or something like that. Because I was up 
I was screaming. My arms were flailing. <laughs> I was like, yeah, like, like you do, you know, mm-hmm. like and, you do. And then he flew away and I couldn't find him. So as I sat back down on the couch, my eyes darting everywhere, mm-hmm. I looked down at Bagel the Beagle. He never moved and his eyes never left my sandwich. As a general rule, bugs don't scare me. But when they dive bomb my hair and want to die in it while I'm trying to eat my dinner, I take exception to that. And that is what happened the other night. When the creepies get crawly, (laughs) it brings out interesting parts of ourselves. My husband works night shifts, so I go to bed every night alone. And I literally, I have what I call the bug jug. I I keep a water jug and I fill it like half with water and I put a bunch of like essential oils that I know they die on contact when they touch it. And I have to go every night scared to death, grab my jug and I start hunting. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Where are they? Because there's nothing worse than like waking up in the middle of the night and there's a stink bug right on your head across your hand. I'm not afraid of much, but those things will have me crouched in a corner in a fetal position. These tiny things that I can kill with a milk jug and essential oils are terrifying. (laughs) I was just having my first quiet moment of the day. And then the creepy crawled. (laughs) This this bug, I I call it a stink bug. I don't know what it is. It looks like a little tiny prehistoric dinosaur that clicks it dive bombed my hair while i was trying to enjoy a quiet moment you got thoughts about that sienna these stink bugs you're talking about are they the box elder bugs or are they a true stink bug i don't know do the box elder bugs look like tiny little stegosauruses that click when they walk no (laughs) i live out in the country and when they harvest every year the box elder bugs swarm the south side of the house and it's inevitable that some get in and i am still trying to get rid of box elder bugs i vacuum them up Ah! over and over again and i still have box elder bugs in my house i don't know how they're getting in or where they're coming from, but I'm tired of vacuuming them up. (laughs) i would be tired of vacuuming bugs too i would be moving yeah well yeah there's that (laughs) And it is that time again. We get to hear a new story of somebody who let us know about a need in a friend's life for a new furnace. And through Warm Your Heart, they're going to get one. I grew up in a really small town called Radcliffe, Iowa. And we had a youth pastor that at the time was a young guy that was just really passionate about ministry and him and his wife just really gave their whole life to the church. So then I became really close with Michelle and Norby just because I was kind of a wild child and Michelle and Norby kind of took me in. I went on youth mission trips with them and when I left from high school, we just became friends outside of that as well. And my husband, Nick, is also very good friends with both Michelle and Michael. So now we spend all holidays with them. So they just are still serving the youth group after many, many years. And they are still doing the same thing they've always done. So what's going on with their furnace? Yeah. So my husband lived with them for a summer. And we started noticing year after year, the furnace just got louder and louder. And the got to this year and now it's just super loud so some of the vents are in their son Micah's room 
and sometimes it gets woken up by it, and it's just needing to be replaced. Otherwise, they would have to pay for it themselves, yeah. So why in particular did you want Michael and Michelle to get a furnace? Just because of how much money and time that they have given to the community and to a bunch of the kids who needed a place to go. And they give their home to so many people in the community that it's just, it seems fitting that they are able to get a furnace because they've given so much back to the people around them. So when the team at Service Legends was reviewing this, I'm not in that meeting because I cried too much. Uh, (laughs) Bad enough. There wasn't a dry eye in that room from the six or seven people that uh, reviewed this nomination. So thanks for what you do. And we're definitely going to grant this furnace. Awesome. Yay. It's so exciting. Here's the cool part. You get to call him and tell him. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. (laughs) Awesome. I'm so glad that we can come together and talk about these super important things in life. That's that's why we do radio. I mean, that, that people need to hear this. I, I I remember as a child, I used to wake up and think to myself, someday I'm going to do something that helps people. And here I am asking whether you have a second set of sheets for your bed. You <laughs> because can weigh it's in. an important question. I used to be a one set person. Okay, yeah, uh-huh. Years and years. All I had was one set. I washed them, I waited till they were done, then I put them back on. Recently, I got a second set, and I have to tell you, it's life-changing. <laughs> really? It's so much better to yeah. have two sets. Yeah, I'm with you. you can immediately strip it, make it, and then once the other ones are done, you don't have to worry about Finding the energy to make the bed up again. Preach. It's already done. Preach. Wow. I got my hand up. It's been amazing. I love having a second set. I didn't for years and years. I'm 52 years old. It's only been in like the last year that I've had them. And I love it. Sleeping is something that we all take seriously. So very important. Our beds are something that, you know, you need to take seriously. And we're talking about bedding here. So... Sherry, do you have one or two sets of bedding for your house? Actually, we have four sets of winter and four sets of summer. Four? You have eight sets of sheets. Yes, for each bed. You're telling me you have a linen closet somewhere that has 16 sets of sheets? Well, we're empty nesters now, so we can have anything we want. (laughs) (laughs) We raised six children. They're all gone, and now the house is ours. (laughs) Honestly, I had no idea that there were so many opinions on this topic. There are some strong feelings. I mean, I I have a couple sets of sheets for the beds because in my life, I just think it's more convenient. It's easier. It and, and they're pretty. <laughs> we are a one sheet per bed house. I can't it, believe Lindsay, too. It saves space in our linen closet, Jen. It okay. is roomy in those spots. Right. All right. So we want to know how many sets of bed sheets per bed do you have going on? Technically one set. However, through frustration, I've had to acquire a second set. Really? If you want to get people going, ask them about the fitted sheets and how the corners don't stay yeah, on. I know. No, they don't. It's awful. We've tried Velcro. We tried clips. And I think my husband was ready to try duct tape <laughs> until I finally bought a second set. Second set's worked. First set is the backup when I want to try that, but I try not to. Yeah. The second it's, set is the backup on a really, really desperate day. The backup you don't want to use. Right. Exactly. Which really means you should toss it and get another set just like your second set. 
Yeah. You've got one that works. Hey, I'm on your team here, Nanette. This makes a lot of sense to me. Oh, my goodness. Well, this has turned into a tempest in a teapot. Yeah, it has. <laughs> There's a lot of opinions on this. I say having a couple of sets of sheets for a bed is just convenient. It just makes sense. You? No. I can get by with one. One. Perfectly happy with one set of sheets. Cherry, how many sets of bed sheets do you have? Over 10. Wait, per bed? We get sheets for Christmas, so I have at least four sets for mine and four sets for the other two beds in the house. So who keeps buying you sheets for Christmas? My mother. (laughs) She just, every year, it's like, you know what she needs? More bed sheets. She buys us sheets and comforters every year for Christmas. And you just like hold on to the old ones too. There's nothing wrong with them. They're not holy yet. (laughs) They're not holy! We have uh, at least six closets in our house and they all have blankets in them. (laughs) Some of them are still in the package. And no holy comforters! Actually two or three. Because I won't depart with them because I've had them for a long time. So some of (laughs) them when they get holy, it's still not time to get rid of them. No. Do you think maybe you might be the problem? Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just like Jen. I'm a little bit weird, okay. <laughs> and Taylor, get more sheets for your bed. You're hogging all of them. Come to my house, and I'll give you some. <laughs> we don't know what your week has in store for you. Maybe it's something big. Maybe it's something worrisome, like a job interview or a health issue or a financial issue. We don't know what it is, but we do know this. There are places that you can go for wisdom to help you through a difficult week like this. Places like a child. (laughs) These are some uh, (laughs) tips for being nervous from a five-year-old. A mom posted this on Facebook when she was telling him that she was a little nervous about a meeting. He said, Mama, I get nervous all the time. I know what to do. (laughs) So these are are six things that he gave for advice for his mom. Number one, you got to say your affirmations in your mouth and in your heart. How does a five-year-old know what the word affirmations means? Say, I am brave of this meeting. I am loved. I smell good. I am brave. And you can you can say five or three or ten until you know it. Number two, you got to walk big. You got to mean it like Dolly on a dinosaur because you got it. Number three, never put a skunk on a bus. I don't know what. That is very good advice. Oddly specific. <laughs> Number four, think about the donuts of your day. Even if you cry a little, you can think about potato chips. <laughs> Number five, you got to take a deep breath and you got to do it again. And number six, even if it's a yucky day, you can get a hug. That might be the smartest five-year-old child alive. I, I just, yeah. Can someone I, get him a TED Talk. In the midst of the chaos and the hard and the scary stuff of life, we all have little donuts that we can look to that make us happy. What is your donut, Jennifer? My cat and my daughter are my donuts. Now, which is first? Um, I would have to say my daughter. Okay, good. Good. You led with the cat there, but you recovered well. Well, I had my cat first. Oh, okay. My six months, so. Someday we won't save this phone call yeah, for your daughter. No. That was a good graduation phone call. <laughs>
asking about the donuts in your life. In the midst of all the chaos, Kelly, do you know where to find donuts? When my kids were growing up, I always told them, look for the helpers. Mm-hmm. And those aren't necessarily people that are going to like pave your way for you. They're the people that are going to like smile, that are going to just make your day better. And yep. we don't know who the helpers are because God's going to plant them. Mm-hmm. So then as they got older, I would rotate between look for the helpers and be a helper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. it might just be you holding the door for somebody or hugging a coworker or a colleague that's upset or just smiling or just laughing at someone's joke that is not funny. You know, it can be lots of things. <laughs> Jim does that a lot. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> this little guy, he's five years old. His mom told him that she was really nervous about a meeting and he was like, Mom, don't focus on the scary meeting. Focus on on the donuts of your day. So we want to know, what is the donut of your day? It's you and Jen. You guys are the donuts. Oh. So many days. Oh, thank Thank you. Thank you so much. That's actually really sweet. Macy, I, I have to know this, though. I feel like I'm taking a quiz in a magazine, but what kind of donuts would we be? Ooh. Nutty. That's the newest from Jordan St. Cyr. It's called Weary Traveler on Life 107.1. I knew I liked that song the very first time I heard it, but I don't think that song truly wormed its way into my heart until I heard it when I was homesick a few weeks ago for 10 days. You, you 10, were 12, out 14 days. A long time. And uh, one evening. I wanted honeycomb so very, very badly. And I was like, I never get sick. I never let myself have honeycomb. So I got behind the wheel of my car, went in. This was like on day 10. And as I was driving, that song came on. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Mm. I cried. And then I, I went home and I read the lyrics. And I realized there's a lot of people right now who feel like weary travelers because yeah. of the last... Two years. Beat down from the storms that you've weathered. <sighs> wow. And, you know, one of the reasons why I don't like to get sick is because when I do, I have to slow down. Yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a pretty goal-oriented person. A lot of people are. We've got to-do lists. That's how we live our lives. And, you know, you just have to go, 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 go. But when you get sick, God slows you down. <laughs> and I had to slow down. And at first, boy, I did not like slowing down. I was I kept texting people saying, I'll be there soon. Give me a couple days. And it turned into 10, 12 days. And somewhere along the line, I realized, you know, Jen, God is giving you this time. Why don't you just enjoy being weary? I know that sounds weird. (laughs) Enjoy being weary. Enjoy slowing down. Mm -hmm. There's nothing you can do about it. Your body's got to fight this off. Why don't you... I, I, I don't like to use vernacular, but why don't you lean into it? Mm-hmm. And so I started doing that. I just started resting, resting in the fact that my body needed to do its work, resting in the fact that God was healing me, but resting in all that God has done in the last couple of years in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, he got me through a divorce. He got me and is getting me, continues to get me through mm-hmm. the loss of one of my best friends yeah. and a pandemic. And when you stop and you rest in him and you allow the weariness to take over, I don't know, for me, I was given an overwhelming sense of gratitude. 
the blessing of weariness. That's that's what Jen was just talking about. She's also got a devotional about it at life1071.com if you want to check it out. That is a strange phrase. Mm-hmm. The blessing of weariness. It was a strange place to be, too. But I've been thinking a lot about this word blessing. Like the way I use the word bless, like God has really blessed our family means we've had a lot of money this year. Mm-hmm. Or God has really blessed this ministry. We have led a lot of people to Jesus. We have had a lot of results in the community. So you're saying blessing we usually associate with good things. Good things, results, things happening. And then I look at Jesus using the word blessed like 12 times in a row and it's not about money. It's not even about ministry results. It's blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Blessed are those who are persecuted. Mm-hmm. And I look at all of those. and I look at like all the, the becauses of blessed are those who mourn because they'll be comforted. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. And you, when you said Weariness was a blessing because you were able to see God's work in your life. Mm -hmm. I think, for one, Jesus completely redefines what the good life looks like for us. (laughs) So true. And he also says that blessings are not getting material things, but getting God himself. I think we see that when we're Mm -hmm. in these low places of mourning, when we're weary, when we're being persecuted and pressed down, that's the places where God meets us. Dr. Heidi says a lot that God gives us the gift of himself. Mm-hmm. And so I think, yeah, we are going to live a very blessed life, but we need to understand that being blessed is completely different from what we may think it is. When you were a little kid, you can probably remember your parents made you memorize oh, man. your home phone number. I have my home phone number and my home address down pat. It's different now in the age of cell phones and Siri. And so we're just wondering... How many phone numbers do you have memorized? I have between eight and ten memorized. No way! That, what? Yeah. <laughs> no Whoa. way! One of them I, being my insurance company. <laughs> why do you have your insurance company's number memorized? Because you're the smartest woman on the earth? No, 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 no. I used to work there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I only know two phone numbers. My son and my daughter. <laughs> And mine. <laughs> we, we just don't memorize a whole lot of phone numbers anymore. So we want to know, what are the phone numbers still locked away in your brain? Well, I wanted to tell you about one that I had forever in my life. I'm 60 years old, and this number was my cousin's number. We would travel all the way across Iowa to my grandparents, north, northeast Iowa. And uh, we would call my cousin, who lived a mile down the road. And I had this number memorized forever. And when I needed it a while back, I called them and... Yep, they answered the phone and all that. Nice and neat. I mean, I just put it right up in my mind, no problem. Now I find out they got rid of the landline. No! 60 years of, of memorizing that number. And I can't even tell you what my phone number has been in, as an adult. Hey, this is Taylor and Jen. Who's this? This is my son, Elijah. Elijah. Hi, Elijah. Hey, hi. 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 How many phone numbers do you have memorized? Three. 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 Which ones? My mom's, my dad's, and yours. Yes! <laughs> We're in the three! And Elijah, what's our phone number? 515-327-1071. Woo! I'm so proud of you. Good job, Elijah! He is one of your biggest listeners. He listens to you a lot. Oh, <laughs> well, Elijah, thank you for calling. We are so happy to hear from you. Thank you. 
Thank you. <laughs> Have a good day. You too. Okay, Tammy, how many numbers you got memorized? I literally have three numbers memorized, and that is my childhood phone number, which is no good, yep. my grandmother's phone number, which is no good, and then my best friend's phone number, which is good. <laughs> so you got one. If you lock your phone in your car or in your house and you have to borrow somebody else's, you know you can call your best friend. That's it. That's it. <laughs> and that helps. The Taylor and Jen Podcast is a product of North Northwestern Media, a ministry of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.